This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com. Welcome to All the Social Ladies with CEO of Likeable Media, Carrie Kerpin. Now, Carrie Kerpin. So it's not often on all the social ladies that I get to talk to one of the two power couple on Twitter and Instagram duo. Pretty incredible to talk to Jamie Stelter today. She's the morning traffic anchor for New York One, and she has a variety of amazing parts of her story. Uh, but what I found the most interesting was her ability to share and be vulnerable about her life on Twitter, on Instagram, and various social networks. You will hear the story of Jamie, how she learned exactly where she was supposed to be in her career, and how she shared her life, her getting to meet her husband and their relationship together. You're gonna love it. I used to think Dave and I were the power couple on Twitter and Instagram, not anymore. No way, meet Jamie Seltzer. Welcome Jamie to the show. Thank you so much for having me. And Jamie, you have such an interesting story and career trajectory. I would love for you to tell our listeners the story of how you got to where you are today. Oh my goodness, how much time do we have? You've got it all. It's all yours, girl. (laughs) Go for it. Um, I guess from a really early age, I knew that I wanted to be on camera and I wanted to be, I first thought I wanted to be a serious hard news reporter, like Christiana Montour style, which now is kind of funny to think about. And so I made a tape when I was in college from all my internships and all the work that I had done. And I sent my tape everywhere. This is back in the, in the olden days when there were actual tapes. Yeah. <laughs> that you sent out and you know I thought I was going to go to like Topeka Kansas and sort of work my way up in the world and a station on Long Island said that they loved me but they needed a traffic reporter so I took the job there thinking that better to start in New York as traffic than try and make my way back to New York and they told me that they would let me try hard news after a little while. So they lived up to their promise. I got to try hard news and it turned out that it was a terrible fit for me. Um, I was just way too happy, I guess the word would be. The story goes that I was doing a, covering a story about a fire that burnt down someone's home and they lost all their things. No one died in the fire, but I was so excited to sort of get my chance that I was smiling the whole time and Mm. my boss was like I can't have you standing in front of a burning house smiling and he said I think you're just better sticking to traffic and it turned out that it was really a blessing and I worked my way around the tri-state area doing traffic and I'm really one of the lucky ones because I 
am one of the only ones who get to really show my personality on the news. That is such an incredible story that you were too happy <laughs> to do kind of broadcast news and so going into traffic and loving it. And then you've really turned this uh, into something special, doing much, much more than even just traffic in terms of the live talk show series and all of the stuff that you do. Tell us a little bit about some of that. Yeah, absolutely. So when I was, when I worked at the Fox station in Philadelphia, I got to do a bunch of different feature segments there. And I sort of got to test my ability to be on camera and talking about fun things and covering fun things. And then now at New York One, I do the traffic, but my co-anchor and I, Pat Kiernan, we started this talk show series at the 92nd Street Y here, where it's a fun live stage talk show. And we have guests who come on and talk about all different stuff that they have going on in their lives, whether it's a TV show they're on, or the newspaper that they write for, or a movie that they're in. And it's fun to get to sort of show off and test and really expand on all my different skills that I have. Incredible. And so in owning that sort of uh, the traffic role, right, and saying, okay, this is the right fit for me, mm -hmm. uh, you, you quickly became the what was known as the trans it girl, right? <laughs> yeah, the New York Post wrote a profile of me, a really nice profile of me, and they dubbed me that when I sort of first got started at New York One. And I then borrowed that title. I politely asked them if it was okay. And that became the title of a novel that I wrote about the year that I was single. So tell me a little bit about that novel. So you wrote <laughs> Trans It Girl. I, I love what I love about your story, Jamie, is how you kind of just like flowed into everything that was right. Like you landed in traffic, you realized that traffic was great for you in the place you wanted to be. The post calls you the trans it girl. You take that and flow with it and turn it into a novel. Like it all makes so much sense if you yeah, think about think, it. Yeah, and it's all really, ha I've been really, really lucky that everything has sort of happened organically. But yes. the novel, I was in a relationship for many years. I was engaged and it wasn't a good situation. And um, I wound up leaving him and I was single for a year and my husband now, Brian, he started coming after me and sort of wearing me down over the course of that year. And I always knew that there was a good story there, but I would be going on these dates and what would happen is, is just like any girl, you know, the morning after a date, I would G-chat or email or text or call all of my girlfriends and tell them the stories. And one of them one day was like, Jamie, you have to write a book about this. So I just started writing. And really it just, I would write a paragraph at a time, I would write a chapter at a time, whatever sort of came to mind. And then it sort of formed into the novel that it became. The, the novel was all about your sort of adventures and singledom. Yes. And it was, 
you know, it's about, it's about dating. It's about a girl, you know, sort of in the cliche way, like finding herself after having such a long relationship and being single for the first time in her adult life. And it's about a girl who's sort of pushing the boundaries of her career and trying to figure all of that out. And it's really a fun, not serious at all <laughs> um, book to read. And you did this while you were also a dating columnist, right? So it sort of made sense. Yeah, I was, I originally thought the book would be a lot more of just sort of the columns in a row. Yes. Then it yes. turned out that it was so much better with more of a narrative story around it. But yeah, it's when I was the dating columnist for Complex Magazine, which actually for all the social ladies is perfect because I got that job from Twitter. Ooh, let's talk about that. And I know, and I also met my husband on Twitter. I mean, literally everything that's good that's happened in my life happened from Twitter. Okay, so right here, you just win the all the social ladies story. Tell me right now how you connect with your complex, and then tell me about Brian. Okay, so I also owe a lot of it to New York One, of course. But of course. I was bantering with Pat Kiernan on the air on New York One, and it was not long after I had started there and that was also the time when I was very newly single. And so I was all of a sudden sort of coming out of my shell all of a sudden. And Noah, who is the editor-in-chief of Complex Magazine, tweeted at me and said, who's that girl who's bantering with Pat Kiernan? Or who's the girl like sassing Pat Kiernan on air? And we sort of got into a little Twitter conversation and then they emailed me him and one of his associates and said, why don't you come in for a meeting? We would love to meet you. And when I went in, it was never about a dating column. It was just, we want to meet you. We think you're a fun person in New York who might be able to do something for us. Who knows what? And they were basically like, tell us what you do. And I was like, right now, I just go on a lot of dates. <laughs> <laughs> and that was the truth. I was going out. I was going out a lot. It was really new to me. It was really fun for me. And so they said, they asked me if I wanted to write about it. And I asked my bosses at New York One, God bless them. They said yes. And the column was born. Very simple. Unbelievable. Okay, so tell me about how you met Brian through Twitter. Okay, so I was tweeting the traffic during a terrible snowstorm, Christmas time, 2010. The snowstorm shut down the city. It was one of those where none of the subways are running, none of the roads are open. And he was home in Maryland at the time for Christmas. I was working and someone retweeted my traffic information into his feed we still don't know who that person was <laughs> but someone retweeted it into his feed and because he's a big weather news nerd he was like oh my god I wish I was in the city there's this big storm I'm missing out who's this girl that like has all this great information and he says that he looked at my feed and thought oh she's so smart and funny and all these things I say that he just looked at my picture and was like, she's cute. She'll do. She'll do. 
let's go. And so he saw that I worked at New York One in my bio, and he knew Pat Kiernan through something they had done years before that. And so he um, he DM'd Pat and somewhat famously now asked him if I was single without saying those words. <laughs> oh, my and, goodness. And then Pat basically gave him all my information minus my my social security number and told him to go for it. <laughs> oh, I love this. This is a New York One Twitter love story. It is. It really is. And then, I mean, he DM'd me right away. We took it to email. We set up a date for a couple weeks later. And then nine months after that, we were serious boyfriend-girlfriend. Unbelievable. And of course, everything that you do is documented in some form, in some interesting way. Originally, I know you also had a food blog, and which was turned into a web series, right? TV Dinner with Friends? Yes. I started a food blog, and I was documenting all the healthy meals I was making for Brian and I, and it sort of fit in with what he was doing because he had lost all this weight right before I had met him. And so he was trying to stay healthy. And so we documented all of that. And I think he's gotten me a lot more comfortable with putting everything out there. And I think we've been really fortunate that because we're just normal people, and I think people can see that we really love each other, that we've had really nice reactions to everything that we've posted. Like people followed along with our wedding on Instagram. And not too long ago, I posted on Instagram that we were going through fertility treatments and that I had had a miscarriage. And I just feel like we've had such warm, wonderful reaction to everything on social media that it's been a big part of our relationship. So for you, it's been a tremendous benefit to live publicly. It's, it's actually developed most of your career. I mean, even if you're looking at doing the traffic as public, but really living out and sharing your story on social uh, has really shaped a lot of who you are today, it sounds like. It really has. And I think that there's something so nice about going to a cocktail party or any kind of event that we ever go to. And it's such a nice starting point for people because then when we see anyone we know and it's this way with a lot of our friends and colleagues that it's like oh i saw that you went here on instagram or i saw that you ate dinner there or i saw that even just recently when we were at an event someone said that they saw that we posted about our fertility treatments and this this one this couple were like we're going through the same thing and it led to a whole nice conversation about that and i just think it's it's really been a blessing, all of the social media and how much we've been able to share and gotten such a nice reaction to it. And of course, as a result, you are named by the New York Times, the power couple of Twitter and Instagram. So clearly <laughs> you're you're putting it you're putting it all out there. And it sounds like the support is really incredible. You know, I talk a lot about in social media how we put forth sort of the highlight reel while we're living the behind the scenes of our lives, right? Like everything that you put out there is just one piece of the puzzle, and then you're living your behind the scenes, and that's like your everyday. And so you're looking at everyone else's highlight reels, and you're living your kind of full life. 
do you ever feel like when you have a bad day, are you are you posting about it, or are you kind of keeping it less public? I know you posted about the miscarriage and about um, and about some of the fertility stuff, but what about like a fight? Um, I mean, I don't want to sound, I don't know, I don't want people to hate me for this, but like, I don't know, my husband and I don't really fight all that much. Totally, I get it. I get it. And, I mean, we'll have arguments about things. And when things are funny, like we're arguing about a TV show or we're arguing about what movie to watch or something like that, most of the time we'll turn it into a funny tweet. And people get a kick out of that kind of stuff. Like, yeah. you know, I can't even think of an example right now. But I do think he's like up there screaming. I can't remember the last time we fought. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But I do think that, I mean, that is what led me to post about the fertility stuff because it had sort of taken over our lives. Definitely it took over my life for a while. And I felt like I was half hiding something and half like not being real with people who I have always been so real with, like on Instagram I post about everything. I, when my grandfather died, I posted about him. When my dog died, I posted about her. And I felt like I wanted to be honest about what's happening in our lives. And I didn't want to just keep posting happy-go-lucky pictures and pretend like that's what our whole life is. Yep. You wanted to give a real behind-the-scenes look. And you feel ultimately that that has benefited you. Oh, Absolutely. I was terrified to post about it for so many reasons. And I mean, I had thought about it off and on what I would say if I would say something at all. And then the morning that I posted it, it just sort of came to me in the right way. And I thought, you know what? I, I want to share this. I share everything else. We talk about so much on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and Snapchat. So why wouldn't I share the biggest thing that's happening in our life right now? Incredible. And the reaction just and the support really just helped you. Yeah. And I think that it also just makes you even that more real of a person to everyone else. And in no way was it strategizing anything, but I think that it helps for people to see that oh, that girl on TV that I see smiling and pointing to the BQE every morning, like, she's going through shit also. Amazing. Can I say Amazing. shit on podcast? You can say shit. Yes, shit is allowed. So what's next for you? What's happening? Oh, my gosh. What is next? Well, I don't know. We're talking about doing more of a Pat and Jamie podcast love um which i guess i can get advice from you of course of course we just we love the 92i show and we're not sure if we're going to do more live stage shows or if it'll be a podcast or what we'll do with that but otherwise i guess the big thing on our agenda is like growing our family if i'm being honest amazing well jamie best of luck to you in that and i wish nothing but amazing success for you where should people follow you? Obviously, everywhere and every, everywhere in the world you are. And well, my name is the same everywhere. It's just my full name, Jamie Stelter, on Twitter and on Instagram. That's where I am the most. Incredible. Thanks for being on the show today. Thank you for having me.
You've been listening to All the Social Ladies with Carrie Kerfin, CEO of Likeable Media. You can follow Carrie on Twitter, at Carrie Kerfin. To get current social media insights and great tips, sign up for Carrie's weekly newsletter by emailing newsletter at likeable.com. This podcast is brought to you by Likeable Media. Likeable Media produces and distributes content across the social web for mid to large size brands. Visit them at likeable.com.